There's a conspiracy afoot that's pulling the world into darkness. Information is the new battlefield. Propaganda, disinformation, and media manipulation dominate the minds of the public. Join us on the Dark to Light Show as we remove the head of the snake and expose media censorship, social and cultural engineering, and the unfolding global conspiracy of the New World Order. All right. Welcome back to the Dark Delight Show. My name is Josh. I hope everybody out there is doing well. We are here with Jim Price. Jim Price, how are we doing hey, today? Doing great, guys. Happy Friday. We made it through the week. It's Friday. That's, the, that's it. Um, no, it's, it's a good thing, right? Did uh, did you hear about this, what Klaus Schwab was saying at that uh, World Governance Conference about the things will be completely different in 10 years from now? Right. He said things will be completely different 10 years from now. And and those who control the technology will be masters of the world. <laughs> this sounds like uh, this. This sounds a little bit like uh, a, a movie we had with a, a bald headed guy with a finger thing. And uh, <laughs> oh, send me a billion. Well, send me a million. Uh, I don't know. He sounds a little uh, like the evil guy in a, in a, a volcano. Does he live in a volcano? Oh, if he lived I, in a volcano, that'd be so great. You, you know what? Here's my thoughts on Klaus Schwab. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a globalist through and through. He okay. grew up and has uh, obviously perpetuated a radical ideology. If you read his book, The Fourth Industrial Revolution, right. he makes some really good points. I, I'm not going to lie. I've read the book. He makes right. some really good points. But the solutions that he has for those points that he makes are very, um, how do you say it, um, totalitarian? Nazi? Right. Um, defeated, maybe. Well, no, 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 no. It's not defeated. It, it, it's literally like you you will own nothing and you will like it. You will give up everything you have. Um, mm-hmm. You will, you know, you will take whatever we give you, and you will live in these small little cities that we're going to put you in. And the thing is, is that they approach it in the sense that because they're wealthy and have power, they therefore make the decisions of what happens to humanity. And they always talk about things in that respect of you and they. As in, they will do this and you will comply. Whereas, mm-hmm. not once have they said, we will give up our mansions. We will give up our airplanes. We will give up our wealth. We will give up any of this stuff. Because here's the thing. Right. They don't plan on that one bit. If so, Bill Gates wouldn't be buying a, a new mansion on lakefront property up in Lake Michigan, mm-hmm. right? So, right. this new world that they foresee... It's more of a slave state is really what they want. Um, and right. you can see this. But what, what he's talking about, the things I agree with, is the transition that's actually happening. That we are in the midst of what's known as the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Where human labor force is going to be phased out over time. And he's absolutely correct on this. That we are moving towards a place where in about 50 years, the human labor force will be non-existent. And this goes for basically all manufacturing and processing jobs. This goes for a lot of physical labor jobs. 
Um, This goes to a lot of technical jobs as well. Like things that were always developed as supplementary support jobs. Um, Nurses, caretakers. um, What else do you have? Um, Electricians, these types of things. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, yeah, I said electricians, construction workers. These types of things will be phased out. First, it'll start with restaurants, and it'll start with retail stores where everything will just. Well, didn't go to McDonald's a smart already money. do that? They've already created a fully autonomous McDonald's already. Yeah, yeah. It'll start with smart money, to where if you walk into a place and you take an order, it's automatically transacted without you taking anything out of your pocket or having any interaction. You'll have mm-hmm. an autonomous workforce that will prepare, cook, do whatever that needs to be done. Okay, and right. that's it. And it's really going to be that simple for that part of the, the house. Uh, think about for an electrician, for instance. Once they take over the construction of smart cities and you have your your little apartment. Right. Your your 1,000-square-foot apartment for four family members because that's uh, the equity that you get as being a, a white person. Um, it, it's going to be autonomous robots that do maintenance. Right. That if you have an electrical problem then you're going to have a maintenance robot show up to take care of it. That specificity is that, exactly that. And, you know, here's the thing, is human beings will have way more time on their hands. And I agree with him on this part, that, listen, in their world that they want you to be in, you will probably never work more than 10 hours a month. Wow. In the sense of actually going out and doing something to earn money if you wanted to. You wouldn't need to. That all of your, your things in your life will probably be taken care of. And that's basically, it comes out on kind of like a budget. So global basic mm-hmm. income. Your, your rent will be taken care of. Um, your schooling, education will be taken care of. Your, your food will be taken care of. Your utilities will be taken care of. All that stuff will be taken care of. And, and to... To produce or to continue to get that, you'll only have to put in maybe 10 to 20 hours a month of actual physical work. Now, this is the dream of what they want. This is their pure socialism of how they perceive it. So you'll have a lot of time to do things. You'll have time to go out there and educate your children and and travel between 15-minute cities and never stop within nature because nature will be off limits. And then you have the radical indoctrination and education that they're going to teach your children, which won't be your children. They'll be their children, even if you can have children. Um, It's going to be a very, very dystopian 1984 stylish world of what they see. Is there going to be benefits? I I think there's going to be creative benefits. There'll be a more focus on arts and culture and and people will be able to create more and, and science will massively expand because scientists will have no other care in the world other than to just work on their passion projects, whether it's exotic technologies or or discovering the mysteries of the universe. Um, so you'll have certain benefits. But on the other hand is you're going to lose a lot of that humanity. You're going to lose a lot of that emotional intrigue that drives us as humanity that comes about from the stress of daily life, the suffering of daily life. Um, right. And I think that if we're going to do something like that, it needs, if we're going to transition into that world, we need to transition into that world correctly and we need to do it slowly. 
and that that world needs to be one that's open, it's honest, it's transparent, um, and that is derived and built on the foundation of the preservation preservation of freedoms and rights and liberties. Mm-hmm. And I've always said that we're going to have a one world government at one point in time in the history of this planet. And the question is, is it going to be a socialist, totalitarian, commio fascist one world order where it's dystopian? Or is it going to be one based on freedom, rights, liberties, a constitution where each nation retains its culture and its sovereignty, but then orchestrates in this larger format to bring about the progression of humanity, um, you know, and, and actually sets goals and works together towards um, humanity moving forward in the world. Right. Well, don't, don't we have a problem, though, with the, the human nature of if we don't have resistance, we don't grow? So if we're not actually, you know, given those challenges, then, then we tend to be lethargic or, or get to where we are now, like in America, where we have people who are not challenging themselves and then have the weight issues, have psychological issues because the challenges of life aren't there. So how do you how do you balance the I mean, I, I talked about this a, a couple of different times is if you didn't have gravity, you wouldn't look like you because you'd just be a big blob. You wouldn't have muscle structure. You wouldn't have density and other things so gravity the struggle of gravity creates a better you or a better version of you but it also is a constant struggle so that constant struggle makes you want to do more right so then you see the benefits of the struggle with through exercise or movement or whatever it is but then if we're given the idea that we only got to work 10 hours i don't know i don't know i, I mean i know that we we work incredibly too hard at a lot of things we do already i agree with that uh but at the same time how do we how do we create the inward drive or the the, I don't know, what do you call it? That Yeah, I guess the inward drive to be able to, to better ourselves and not just become Wally where all those people were sitting in those fat chairs and changing the color of their jumpsuit that day from red to blue. Um, you know, how do we, how do you, how do you balance the human of it with the idea that technology takes over everything? Um, you know, mentally we have to do that. I mean, you understand that through reading and research and the days that you take off, you notice you start falling backwards on things. So, Where's, where do we find that balance when Klaus says that we'll own nothing and you love it? That's the evolution of society and culture. That's where it's got to move to. So you gotta, mm-hmm. you got you to gotta put people in that situation first. And once they're in that situation, then what happens is society begins evolving to conform to the new paradigm, to the new, to, to the new world view that has been formed. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh man, I hope I. Well, yeah, I, I just I, I look at what we do and in, in the in the people that take care of themselves and that self reliance, they tend to be a happier person. So I, I'm just wondering if we're defaulting those decisions to other people, will they always be beneficial to us uh, as we are born? Gotta hope so. I don't think so with these people, though, Jim. I think they're totalitarian through and through. We'll be right back with more Dark Delight Show right after this. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. 
Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. Tired of supporting Big Pharma? At HoneyColony.com, we understand the importance of choosing products that reflect your beliefs. That's why we offer a wide range of natural and organic products that are good for you and good for the environment. From pure honey supplements, skin care, colloidal silver healers to immune defense, our products are all carefully selected to ensure the highest quality and purity. And when you shop with us, you can trust that we're a company that cares. We don't just stop at offering pure, naturally sourced products. We also prioritize sustainability. Our products are sourced from Responsible, environmentally conscious sources and provide chemical free options for you and your family. Visit us at redpills.tv forward slash honey and shop today. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900 or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. And, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? I don't know, Joe. Probably stealing some elections and trying to run a country into the ground. That's what I think you're doing here. I need some money. I'm 80 years old. Give me that 10%. Mm. You know, you I don't know. I, so I want I wanted an accounting. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. You go ahead, Jim. I just say I want an accounting on all the money you're spending. Where's all, these, where's all this money you're getting, buddy? Where's the 10% go, Joe? You got a gambling problem we don't know about? Well, you know, I, I, you got to think about that. Like, he's 80 years old. He's committed the utmost treason to this country. And, you know, now he's, like, continuing to do that. And, and it's got to be for the protection of his family. It's the only reason that he's still going. Mm-hmm. There's got to be, like, no other reason why he's still, like, pushing this agenda forth. Maybe Maybe they promised him, like, eternal life or something. I don't know. 72 virgins in heaven. I don't... I, no idea. <laughs> well, I uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's so it, we talked about this. I mean, they're they're they are raised in families and ideology that we don't understand because they've been raised in this totalitarian. We are better than them. They are chattel. They are scum of the earth. We are the elite. I mean, they what was it? Uh, what was it? There was a philosopher, a Chinese philosopher, says, you know, give me a, a child. And I'll make him a king by seven. That was a Catholic know, whatever church. It is. is that what it is? Yeah. I think oh, I was like well, Pope great. Gregory or something. Right. Give me a child at well, age it, say seven and I'll show you a Catholic for life. Oh, no, no. There's one. <laughs> well, there's that too. Um, but there's one that's like, 
you know, basically, depending on how you raise your child, I mean, what you put into them, and they create that belief through the rest of their life, and they can try to change certain things through, you know, timestamp uh, emotional moments, right, and, and change behavior, right? But at the same time, we we have these people who are raised in this ideology that they believe that, you know, stealing from the country is normal. Uh, they, these people are not apologizing for any of this. There's not one moment where they're like, wow, man, we're sorry you caught us. I mean, they are not backing down on this whatsoever. No. And that goes back to that point of I've always said is that these people will never give up power. They they just won't. That They will scorch the earth and take the whole planet down with them before they ever give up one iota of power. Right. Now that's and that's well, and that's what we're seeing. That's why. Well, I always tell people: be careful your um, what you call your sin barometer or your mor- morality barometer. What you think is good and what's going bad and what's going this way and that way. How you feel about the world that is not the same barometer or temperature gauge that they run on. They don't run that way. They they do not see any of this as immoral. They do not see this as something. This is just what they do. What do you do? What do you normally do? Well, this is what I normally do. I take over the world, right? So pinky in the brain quote there, that's, it's, it's a real thing. Well, that's, that's who they are. I mean, that's what they're predisposed to, I guess. And, and so, you know, there, there's been a hidden hand that has molded the history of this world for a long time. And that hidden hand now has kind of faces. It has an institution and organization that it operates through. And it doesn't care what the world thinks of it. Right. It looks at itself as the progenitor of all modern society, of all the technologies that we see. It looks at itself as the one who's brought those into existence. The, the, the reason why people can stay, stand there in front of their TV or their, their computer or their phone and yell and scream at rich globalists is because they were around to create that TV, that computer, and that cell phone. Mm-hmm. They they look at us as a lower level of humanity, one that hasn't risen to the high point of perspective that they have, that sees things like they have, because they hold the power, they hold the cards, they hold the money, they hold the resources. Mm-hmm. And see, that's part of the problem, is that there is this kind of very similar, a mass formation psychosis that occurs within them through their narcissistic sociopathic tendencies. When they all get together, they think that they are king of the world. When in actuality, they are people that have had immense opportunities in their life that have been given a massive power and have squandered it, have completely you know, exploited their power for their own agenda. You know, let me, let me ask you this, Jim. Mm-hmm. Do you think if world hunger was wanted to be solved, if that was the number one thing, if, we, if, if all humanity came together and said, okay, let's, let's get together today, let's, let's solve world hunger, and they wanted to, do you think that they could? In a second. In a they, second. In a second. Yeah. Yeah. In a second. Yeah. World hunger would be gone. And not just one day everybody could eat. It'd be 365 days of the year. Every person, every human being on this planet who is starving or hungry could eat. Not only that, they also could have a roof over their head. Mm -hmm. 
They could eat and have a roof over their head. Every single human being on this planet right, right now. The thing yep. is, is they don't want that. They don't want the solutions. They want their solutions. And in order to bring about their solutions, they have to provide world events that make people suffer because they have to have the will of the people behind their agenda. So therefore, starving people, homeless people are good things for them because that provides a mechanism to usher in their solutions. And oh, that's so this, where this becomes oh, evil. So when you think about how we have these natural disasters that come in and create this you know, cataclysmic effect of you know, flooding and volcanoes and tornadoes and hurricanes and – that, this oh this is the renewing of our dedication to their agenda by we dumping our dollars into these charity organizations, which shows them that they're still in control because all these charity organizations never put money on the ground. It, you know, I mean, look at the Clinton Foundation. I mean, that thing's so far away from being a charity. Look at the NFL. What is the NFL? It's the largest charity organization on earth. What is it really doing? We all go and celebrate and, and cheer and do all these other things, but it really shows that We've we've really played into their hands. I mean, we really have because like oh the oh look oh wait uh, the Red Cross doesn't have any money this and that oh we need to oh but here room here comes a, a flood here comes a pandemic here comes a Ebola or whatever it was people were giving money to Africa apartheid all these agendas and but yet none of it ever fixed anything on the ground but a lot of this was really fabricated but it it keeps us on that pain train right we keep coming back. We're loving our captors. It's Stockholm Syndrome, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that's what the left has acquiesced to, is that the left have been indoctrinated. So they're carrying the water for the elite then, right? The left is doing the, the, left is doing the carrying the water for them, so they're, they're, playing the, they're playing their hand. When you can get this, us to teach others what they taught us, Right, mm -hmm. we're perpetuating their agenda. They don't even have to. They don't really have to do much. but kind of just well, give it a, this, a little spin every now and then. Do you want to look at it from a, a forty thousand foot, foot perspective? Yes, the okay. left have acquiesced their compassion, their morality, their ethics to this dangerous, highly volatile um, agenda that's moving forth. But you ready for this one? What's up? The right have to. The people on the right, the other people that are standing up against it, are falling right into the trap that these people have set. You have to understand, mm -hmm. why would they make this a political and social ideology to where one side is going to take a stance of believing they're right, when the other side they know is going to rise up and believe they are right? Because that was part of the plan to begin with. Right. Divide and conquer. Right. Wow. So the and ideology of, of what these people are actually trying to in, put in place, it's not the ideology on the left. It's not the ideology on the right. It's something completely different. Oh, man. we got to create that parallel, parallel economy, right? We walk away. We don't well, pa put power into the system. Is that how we I do it? Yeah, well, you know what? I think what happens is is that we need to take back control over the the points of power within society. So we got to take back control of our institutions, of our houses. So we have to we we have to identify what a real leader is, not whose turn it is. And a lot of times, I, I agree with that. 
I agree so many with that. Like, oh, he's a leader. Like, no, it's just his turn. Like, that doesn't, he's not Do a you leader. want to know the number one thing that we could do in this country? The number one thing that we could do in this country to make all of this start to go away? Okay. Get rid of the lobby. Oh, yeah. That's it. Get oh, rid of yeah. the lobby. The, you get yeah. rid of the lobby, all of these problems seemingly go away. Not only that, there, there's a few other things. I, we'll talk about them when we come back. I got, I got some ideas on this. We'll be right back with more right. Show. The lunatic is on the grass. The lunatic is on the grass. Remembering games and daisy chains and laughs. Got to keep the lunas on the path. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, back with the Dark Delight Show. Welcome back. And yeah, getting rid of the lobby, Jim. Get rid of the lobby. So that that's one oh, point. Yeah. The other part is to make it illegal for politicians to take money from anybody other than their constituents. Now, think, think about True. this. I've talked about this before. Is if you have a, a congressional district, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Let's say it's 50,000 people. Right. So during the general election, you're going to have two to three candidates. And Mm -hmm. let's say that there's a law in place at the state level that says that each constituent in that district can donate up to $100 to any politician they want, but only one politician. And it's tax deductible. Okay? So 50,000 times 100 is $5 million. So the most money all three politicians could take in during that time is $5 million. Not a penny more. Okay? Wow. Which means that that $5 million would be distributed amongst those three people. Now, not everybody's going to give $100, but what right. we'd be able to see as well is that the person who raises the most money out of that $5 million would probably be the most popular candidate and probably be the one who actually was going to win. So it becomes an election safeguard as well. Now, imagine that. That... If politicians could only accept campaign contributions and donations from their constituents. Now, here's the other part. If there's no lobby, right, politicians have to write their own bills. Whoa, that's crazy. But not only that, is if politicians are caught taking money from a private, foreign, or corporate interest, right? they're immediately removed from position and put on trial, of which the jury of their peers is their congressional district. But it has to be a jury of your peers in your congressional district, not jury of your peers somewhere else, right? That originally, True. the way we had our used to have our courts. Well, the, the it was court actually your friends be, and coworkers. Yeah, it was people who knew of the good character of the person, the character, and um, they used a few other words. But the jury of your peers never meant random strangers or people it was people who would Mm -hmm. understand your actual character who knew you right yeah that's i mean i think that's a big deal right there i think that's where we ought to be thinking 
Uh, and you eliminate that, you know, vote with your money. I, I don't know if you guys, my, my mic blinked out for a little bit there, but, uh, yeah, you vote with your money, right? You vote. Yeah. So you people that are donating money, you tend to see where the trends are going. This person's ahead. That person's ahead. You know, the primary may change think this or that, but yeah, you limit it to those people that are uh, registered voters and have had an established, you know, have established residence for at least one year, you know, that, that type of deal. So it's not people who go in and quote unquote rent a one square foot of a piece of property for a minute to donate their money to them. Uh, that would be, you know, that's again illegal. But, but again, you're taking the po- the money out of the politics, right? You, you, you create a representative government at that point. You don't become a millionaire overnight. Look at AOC. What is she worth? Millions and tens of millions of dollars now. And this lady didn't know what a garbage disposal was. I mean, I just, <laughs> you can't say that you're representing, I mean, actually representing people in New York who don't know what those are. But at the same time, we we've got to be We've got to find different answers. You do take the money out of there. That that creates a whole different level of – but also transparency. Here's the thing. You you said you wanted to do the – I want them to have um, uh, no, no more uh, prosecutable uh, immunity. I want immunity gone. I, well, it they says actually don't have prosecutable that, immunity because there you go because the Constitution says that right. all politicians are bound by oath. So they can't right. have prosecutable immunity. But – it seems like they do. <laughs> so it's well, like, I think it's, it's getting to that point in time where, where people are going to have to remind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, this, is a, this is a bad thing that we, we're even having this conversation that we keep going back to the Constitution. But then do we believe that – I don't know. Uh, did you see the thing about uh, – that's – yeah, the money has got to stop. The money has fully got to stop. But that, would that blockchain effectively change that if we did do blockchain? It would. Well, blockchain would be – yeah, blockchain would basically be able to track all of that stuff and see how it's all done and see where they're receiving money from. And here's the thing is if they're receiving tons of money from Pfizer, do you think they care? They don't care. Right. Right? So the thing is is you have to stop it. And if everything was digital – money that nobody wants to give back? Right. But if everything was digital programmable money and it was only based on your constituents within your district – it's done. It's easy. Right. What is this thing about uh, Biden let a Chinese uh, – this is Charlie Kirk. Charlie, uh, Biden let Chinese balloon go 2,000 miles across America, but they shot down a kid's science pro- – a $12 science project. So now they're North trying Illinois. to say that what was shot down over Alaska, Lake Huron um, and such was a hobby balloon known as Pico balloons. What? what? And I I called BS on this very early on because Pico balloons are rather small. They can be a little bit larger, but they're rather small. Um, And Pico balloons do not sit – do not sit at 20,000 feet in altitude. The one that was described over Lake Huron was apparently a car, the size of a car. (laughs) Right. Um, and it interfered with the radar of the F-16. So, um, you know, Marco Rubio had a, a briefing by uh, the DOD on this. And he came out talking about, you know, we've had hundreds of these reports before. We have an interagency task force that's looking into these things. This is nothing different than anything that we've heard before pertaining to UAPs. Which is telling you that he was briefed by the DOD that these things were UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena. Now, I trust in my military enough to where in broad daylight, 
an object over Lake Huron, which is mm-hmm. identifiable with the eyes in a jet, could easily be identified as that's a balloon. I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah, a balloon between a balloon and a UFO or drone or unidentified flying object. I mean, you know, I, I think that our military would be able to define that. I Isn't think that mili- what you, when you're as a fighter jet, you're you're always you know being given training that says this is a jet, this is a you know commercial jet, this is you know what I'm saying like they've they've been given these tests, they've been given litmus tests to say can you identify what this object is at this range, what you see on radar. That's what their their job is, right? Constantly identifying what the 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 uh, you know the uh, the object is before you engage with it, and don't you have to check back before you engage? Like, hey, I got a visual on this. This is what I'm seeing. Blah blah blah. What do you see? Here's the camera shot. Isn't there all that checkback stuff? Isn't that how we do all this stuff? I mean, it's not like they're just up there, like, oh, hey, cool, something to shoot at. Pew, pew, pew. Well, I don't think true. that's how the military in, in, in does the it. The sensor system, the sensor system itself on mm-hmm. the F-16 would be able to pick up that object and say, hey. That's a pretty small object. Send its analytics. If it's given off any radio signals, if it was given off GPS, like they're, they're saying that this thing was given off um, like RFID and radio signals, a uh, 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 short w- uh, bandwidth uh, ham radio signal. I- right. If that was the case, they would have been able to pick that up and be like, oh, this is just a, a hobby balloon. <laughs> no, no threat yeah. here. But why but was it supposedly jamming his his equipment? Didn't they say something about it? One of them was jamming. So I don't know what hobby balloons are, you know, I don't think the hot, you know, go down to hobby town, like, hey, give me one of those uh, radar jamming balloons. I want to do some science tests. I don't think that's part of the kit, is it? I mean, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't work in the hobby balloon industry, so I don't have, I have no <laughs> idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot of this story that doesn't add up and doesn't make any sense. So I think that there's something more going on here. A lot of this is being covered up for some reason. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I've had my theories that these were Chinese drones, most likely. But who knows if that's what it is. We don't have any evidence to really work on except for what they tell us. And that's the unfortunate part. Well, I think of my comment yesterday is if they're having space wars and they're not inviting us, I'm really disappointed. I mean, I really expected better news coverage. If we're having international or, you know, intergalactic, I guess it would be intergalactic. Is that right? Between us and other solar systems or other planets. We, I mean, if they're having space wars. Yeah, I need, I want to know. I want to know who's winning. I mean, I want to cheer for the right side, don't I? I mean, is it the world? Are we, is it the world against them? Is it, is there coalitions? Is it the Romulans? <laughs> is, is it the Klingons, the Romulans? I mean, is this, I mean, are we really there? I mean, are we at this point of we got to, okay, guys, the well, aliens see, are real. See, that's, it's highly unlikely that it is anything to do with any of that. Most likely right. what we're dealing with here is, um, you know, highly advanced foreign technology. Okay. That, that, that's really probably what it is. I could do that. And, and yeah, and here's the thing: is it's a national security risk to put that information out there. Right. Well, is it though? Is it? Because we kind of we're kind of seeing it. So the problem is we're seeing the shrapnel, we're seeing the debris. So to say that it's a national security, I think you know us getting the bad information and running off with our wild imaginations is even a bigger security risk. 
I mean, I think we're not focusing on the what the really the problem is. So just tell us. You know, I um, saw, before we go um, into go ahead. Go, no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Jim. I was say before we go into the commercial break, what do you think about the whole uh, Ron DeSantis and George Soros thing that everybody's talking about yesterday or last night? You see I that? think that uh, Soros saw an opportunity and he took it. Hmm. I don't really I'll know if there's division. any connection between them. Yeah. I don't think right. there's really any connection between them, but Soros is trying to drive division within the the political right, and he's just being George Soros. Right. Hmm. Oh, he sounds so creepy when he talks to you about his future and what it should be. Ugh. He's like a job of the hut. Nazi youth. <laughs> he's yes, like job of the hut. What's that? Oh, well, yeah, he was. Oh, they got yeah. pictures of him. Like, he was not a... It's not like we're faking it. I mean, I was forced anyway. into it. Yeah, I don't think so. Because you you went around. He was a snitch, wasn't he? Wasn't he? Isn't that what his claim to fame? Something like that. Yeah. All right, we'll be back with more Dr. Light Show after this. All right. Hey guys, Josh here. Mike Lindell of MyPillow has been an amazing patriot supporting President Trump and conservative and Christian values throughout the last four to five years with everything that's been going on. We ask you to go out to MyPillow.com and help support Mike Lindell as well as myself and this show, The Dark Delight Show, with using promo code RPP to save up to 66% on your purchase. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. The world is becoming more unglued by the day. Local consequences are now showing up. We are seeing sky-high gas prices, higher food prices, shortages, and more. How should you respond? Go to redpills.tv slash patriot. That's R-E-D-P-I-L-L-S dot TV slash patriot. Secure your long-term emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply is by far the largest preparedness company in America. They're in stock and shipping quickly in unmarked boxes to your door. Their emergency food supplies last up to 25 years in storage. When you need it, it'll be there. Lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks totaling over 2,000 calories a day. Get free shipping on any order over $99. Again, go to redpills.tv slash patriot. The global financial system is on the verge of collapse. Here in the United States of America, we have rising inflation, rising cost of goods and services from gas to food. We have supply chain disruptions. We have the incompetent presidency of the United States of America running the U.S. dollar into the ground by debasing it, by radicalized spending and printing. There is only one thing in this world right now that is a worthy investment that has been the hedge for inflation year after year. Guys, that's gold and silver. Look, I invest in gold and silver, and there's no reason why you should not either. My buddy, Dr. Kirk Elliott, is an economist and financial advisor, and he is amazing at what he does by helping you get your 401ks, your IRAs, or just helping you purchase gold and silver bullion. You can give him a call at 720-605-3900, or go to getgoldtoday.com and let him know that Josh from the Red Pill Project sent you. Dark Delight on the WYSL stations. All right, Jim. Yes, sir. It's Friday. <laughs> what, do we, what do we want to talk about? What, what's the last bit that we want to talk about on the show today? We got NASCAR coming up. The guys that you know go really fast, 200 miles an hour in a 
stock car. I don't know. What are you gonna, um, What else like do we NASCAR. have coming up? I like do NASCAR. You? I do. I do. I miss the falling asleep and catching the end of the race. Oh, hey, whew, what's going on now? Oh, <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> it used to be a nice little Sunday routine. When kids were younger, man, that was that was one of the, the Sunday afternoon things. Everybody kind of chilling out, watching NASCAR. But anyway, uh, let's see. And, and uh, what else do we have? Anything else coming up besides, oh, March Madness is just right around the corner. So mm. you got to start filling out your brackets now for the imaginary March, they I will can't pick believe it's almost pick. March. It's almost it March. I'm going to be at the uh, the Great Restoration of America tour, hosted okay. by Badlands Media in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, and that's going go. to be uh, April. That's in April. That's in April. Ooh, it starts getting warm in April in Arizona. I lived there for many years. It's getting hot there. Take your shorts and uh, plan on it just being hot for you. I'm going to take my you're golf clubs. Definitely, yeah. You're up in the you're up in the you know the the great northern plains, so it's a little bit colder for you. So your blood's gonna be a little thicker. A little by bit the time colder. you get down there to Arizona, it's gonna be just like, a little bit colder. Jim, you know how cold it was today, this morning. What's that? What's tell me? I went to take my kids to school, and I got in my vehicle, and you know, you had a little frost on the windshield, so you do the, like the the little water trick, right? So you hit your windshield mm-hmm. uh, wiper yeah, fluid, yeah, and, and yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm driving, and I'm like, oh, I got a little frost on there, so I spray the water, and I hit the windshield wiper, and they both start going back and forth, back and forth, and I hear clink, and what? one of my wipers was so cold that the plastic Shocker. joint. That holds it to the, the vehicle? Shattered. Right? Nice. Well, hmm. That's how cold Minnesota so, is. No. For yeah. anybody wondering. I think it was, uh, I think it was like 45 degrees here in, in, uh, <laughs> in Tennessee. <laughs> Pitch and forge. Well, yeah, 45 uh, degrees. Oh, my goodness. That's so cold. Yeah. I had to wear a sweater. I mean, I had to put a pullover on to go to work. I mean, this is what happens. It's just... Uh, was so chilly. <laughs> it did rain like crazy last night here, though. They had tornado warnings. I was like, "All oh, right, I'm gonna go watch a tornado." Yeah. Everybody else is in their yeah. basements, like you idiot. <laughs> it's like, well, if you're from Kansas, we go chase them down. Come here, give me your name. What are you doing? Where are you going? I want to see what's happening. Come here, Mister Five. <laughs> I would. I chased the one down. It was across the street from my house last year. Yeah, I how big was a video it? of that? Um, I think it was a, I think we went to a three, so it was, it, it, it did some damage. Didn't lose any lives though, but we lost about, uh, I think we lost 30 or so houses out of the deal. Oh, wow. That, it went that, out. That's, that's kind of big. Yeah. Well, I don't know. <laughs> it's just what you do, man. What I, else I would, do you do? You know, like, my, I'd be pooping my pants watching that. Thing. <laughs> I hope you know that. Yeah. I ran, I went out the front door. I could see that developing across the field from me. And it's coming down. You can see the very birth of it coming. And I'm like, oh, I'm chasing it. So I jumped in my truck and took off, and I followed it for another 25 minutes. So, well, in your truck, I wouldn't no. be afraid to chase it. I mean, your truck probably <laughs> withstand uh, an F3 tornado. Yeah. It's got, it's got that truck. Ford tough. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was good stuff. I enjoyed that. And, and you know, the, the sad part of it is is that, you know, there is destruction, there is that part of it. And, yeah, you worry about the loss of life. But if you don't make people aware of what is actually going on, that's usually where people get in, ter- in trouble with tornadoes mm-hmm. is, you know, the quote-unquote early warning system and those kind of things that we have now that really, really eliminate a lot of that, uh, you know, being in danger and then people having the ability to go and, 
I mean, it would. The other thing is too, tornadoes do move fairly fast, but they're not like lightning. So you can can't you can see them coming. You can move left or right of them. You can get away, uh, but too many times uh, when, like I said, you don't have the warning, you get surprised. But uh, everybody kind of knows. I mean, I don't know. You, you grow up around it. You kind of know what the you know you get smell it in the air. I know that sounds weird. <laughs> mm, smell smells it like in the rain. Air. Mm, the guys, the skies are a little different. Oh, a little green in the clouds. Have you ever seen green clouds? Have you seen green clouds? I, I that, have. That's I a, have. That is. Uh, that makes you feel like, ooh, okay. Uh, I'm going inside. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the basement. Yeah. So, and then the air gets real cold, and then it gets real still, and yeah, that's because the air is usually like really warm, and then all of a sudden there's this big wind shift, and that's usually where the wind shear comes from: is the hot air and the cold air grinding against each other, causing the spin and uh, and the the surface air creating the twister effect, and uh, that's where it all comes from. So we, you you can feel the air, you feel the moisture. It's usually not raining a lot of times around it. Sometimes when they are rain-wrapped, that's usually when they are dangerous because people can't see them, or if they're mm-hmm. at night, those are the times it comes up a little bit different. But, yeah, they had a little tornado watch last night. I was like, oh, yeah. But there's a lot of hills around here. I don't know how theirs would actually be able to maintain the, the spiral uh, with the breaking up of the, you know, the, the terrain. That's oh, they probably can't last very long because of that. Right. Yeah, they get a little here or there. Boom, comes down, pops up. But that's uh, that's the world we live in, right? We adapt. We yeah. you go over, you you gotta you gotta get stronger windshield wipers for the winter, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I chase tornadoes, so that works out. Well, how's how's the show going there? So you're you're on Brighteon TV, right? Brighteon TV. Yep. How's the show going there? Right. Uh, Monday is the official launch. We did this kind of the soft launch this week. It was on at uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time, and it wasn't. But uh, it goes on schedule on Monday, and it'll be on at 8:30 uh, Eastern time. Uh, and is I that still do my daily recorded? update. Uh, this one, it is recorded. This one's a recorded one. Where they do a little editing, uh, that kind of stuff. It has all the stuff in there. So 30 minutes, just straight news, just bam, bam, bam. Uh, hit article after article. Uh, do a little bit of commentary with the article, not much, but just trying to give you that nightly news, some of the big hitter things that are out there. And I still do my hour uh, live show, which is 5 p.m. Central or 5 mm-hmm. p.m. Eastern. Sorry, 5 p.m. Eastern. Still doing that live show, so you can call, you can you can uh, comment and that kind of stuff. And and I got uh, Dr. Woodard coming on. Uh, Mark, uh, doc, Doctor, is it Doctor Sherwood? Mark Sherwood. Sorry, I said Woodard. Uh, Dr. Mark Sherwood's coming on the show today on live, and uh, it'll be good to talk to him about COVID. Dr. Mark's awesome. He is. He's a neat guy. He's a really genuine guy, isn't he? Like, he, he is. Just, he is. You just like him. He, you know, some of those other people, you like, you could tell they, they, they're kind of standoffish because of personality, but he is just a really neat guy. He used to do the tear the telephone book in half thing. Do you know that? Yeah, I did. Do you know that about him? He's, uh, he's, he's a body. He's a former bodybuilder. For anybody out there who's wondering, he's a former uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma police officer. He's a bodybuilder. He's in his sixties, but looks like he's in his thirties. Good dude. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. And he and his wife is as sweet as she gave you cavities. She's so nice. And uh, they both do the bodybuilding stuff, but they're big into the you know getting rid of the long long COVID and doing all the recovery for people and. So their heart's in the right place, and it's nice to to see those kind of people out there because this world of greed and, you know, consuming of others, right? Uh, these people are out there going and pushing back against that. And yeah. uh, they've, they've they've put their name on the line. Uh, even when everybody was locking down, they were the right people. 
100%. I think you've had him on your show, haven't you? Oh, I, I know Mark. I've had Mark on the show dozens of times, and uh, me and Mark have worked together quite a few times in uh, in the past. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, now yeah, I see him at the Clay Clark events or whatever, and I see him at different things. He's just always just that smiling guy. It's like, oh man, just like talking to him. Like, you're a good guy, man. So, but he he reached out. Uh, he's been on the show a couple of times, and it's been a little bit. So he's like, I need to get back on your show. But uh, yeah, no, it's been good. You're uh, been. Uh, I don't know if people do. Do people really know that like uh, this whole Pigeon Forge area is like Branson but bigger, like with Dollywood and all that stuff. I don't know if people no, really did not know that. that. Oh yeah, Dollywood's here, and it's like Branson. It's got all the Titanic and the upside down house and the wax museum and. But the streets are wider, and there's a lot of stuff here. A lot of gravity co- you know, those gravity coasters, where you mm-hmm. sit that little car by yourself and you go all the way up. And uh, it's there's there's a bunch of those here, so it's really kind of a neat place in that respect. And uh, so it's been a, it's been a different it's been a change for me. I'm adapting. You gonna, <laughs> you gonna buy a house be, out there? Uh, we'll we'll see how things are going. I mean, right now I'm in the test. You know, I'm in the test phase of things, and so I still have my home in Kansas and. We'll see how things go. We'll see how it progresses. All right. Well, Jim, I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Everybody out there, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with you Monday with more Dark Delight Show. Take care. And good weekend. We'll see you.